0: friends. Right. Hey guys, I bet you're wondering why I gathered you here today.
1: Why'd you gather us here?
0: I thought we might get in a little .5 episode about the new Ghostbusters film that is out in theaters today. The day that this episode appears in people's feeds. Get out of here. Wow. Pretty good thinking, huh? Yeah. You are on top of things, John. So when I had that idea, I jotted down 166.5, which would be the number of this episode. But then I realized 166.5 is so close to 166.6. I just kind of thought we have to go for the 666 since this is a movie that has to do with uh, Demonic Possession. Ah. And also, when are we going to get a chance to do that again? It'll be 100 episodes before we have another 66 <laughs> option. Stay right. true. So welcome, listeners, to 166.6. Well, this is going to be focused on the all-female Ghostbusters or the Ghostbusters reboot or the uh, They Ruined My Childhood. It's been known by a lot of things. Yeah, there's, there's right.
2: so many different angles people have decided to... Uh... To tag this, this film with before even having a chance to see it. But yeah, it's interesting. But before we good. get into it, we need to let people make sure they know they're listening to the right podcast. This is the Movie Schmovie podcast, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. That is my understanding. Okay, I called into the right line, correct? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, good. I'm John. Good. good, I'm Steve. And I'm Ron. Okay, cool. Then we're all, okay, we're, we're, we're supposed to be, and so hopefully are, are the listeners who, who hopefully downloaded this 0. .6
0: episode cool so we've mentioned the topic we've mentioned the episode number we've mentioned the name of the podcast we've mentioned our names i think you could call us semi-professional at this point yeah, yeah. um
2: Semi-bros. i think i think it like flowed amazingly and i don't think it could have been done better by anybody else so there's that too
1: Is it right. right so we are <laughs> definitely agree.
2: professionals and um we are at that point now in our professional relationships that
0: um we really are just really good at this Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most of our messages are throughout the week that we send to each other, basically just reminding the others that we've got this. Yeah, yeah. Patting, you got this. You got this. Patting yeah. each other on the backs. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so I guess listeners should also know this is another one of our Phoner episodes. We haven't done one of these in a while, um, or at least in a, we haven't done one of these in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, uh, but this is our first one that we're recording with Steve's new microphone. How do you feel, uh, staring down the barrel of that thing?
2: Oh my God. It's, it's, it's such a good uh, feeling right now because I'm looking at a logo on a microphone that is a name, a brand that I recognize that I have a little more confidence that I'm not going to (laughs) sound like I'm in a tunnel, you know, yelling down a tunnel. Um, (laughs) I recently invested in a little thing called the blue Nessie. It is absolutely Uh adorable. And um, it looks just like all of those photos of Nessie, uh, the Loch Ness monster, from a profile oh. view. So I almost, like, I feel like I kind of have a piece of her. and um, But, like, you know, but it's not her. It's, like, a microphone. But it's still really cool. So hopefully it sounds as cool as it looks and as cool as I look talking into it from a side view. So there's, there's that. Yeah.
1: I just Googled it. It looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Is China really afraid to release
0: Ghostbusters? Is this real? Because of ghosts, I guess, being culturally a much more significantly scary thing over there, right? That's what it looks like. and That's weird because movies typically do bank over there now. And so I'm I'm wondering what that does to the worldwide box office of a movie like this. Right.
1: There's so many people there. So many people.
0: There. Well, I mean, in recent movies, I, I think Warcraft and maybe something else were movies that did not do well here. Uh, and did well enough overseas to possibly guarantee a sequel. I think Warcraft and Pacific Rim had that phenomenon, where they they did not do very well domestically. But uh, particularly in China and uh, other parts of the world, they did did much better. And so, you know, a movie cannot be a hit here and still spawn a franchise. It's kind of, it's like a new age for blockbusters, really.
2: Yeah, I was reading an article last night. I think it's been, I guess it was a joke, but... It was about like what the, the name of the film was going to be re- changed to so that it could get released in China. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys see this? The super power bear no. die team? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that Dave.
2: Yeah. It was so funny. It was like somebody was saying, oh yeah, they should probably change it to that here in the States. Cause then, uh, people would go into it not thinking that it would ruin their childhood or
1: something. <laughs> right. Right.
2: <laughs> but yeah, man. So let let let's get into this, I guess, uh,
0: well, you mentioned you mentioned people saying that uh, the Ghostbusters remake was ruining their childhood. Yeah, Let, yeah. That's a good segue. Um, I do think the the sort of I started to call it the reaction, but like the pre reaction to this movie has been stronger than most movies I can think of in recent memory. I mean, I know that the Force Awakens, being being a new Star Wars film, it inspired a lot of passionate feelings from people that you could tell had already decided whether they were going to like it or not right, on a certain level. Right. Right. But I don't I don't think it quite had this fever pitch, and it's very hard not to imagine that a lot of the the sort of intensity of the of the people who were saying they didn't want to see Ghostbusters remade in this way. It's hard not to imagine that, that there was a, a component of, of people that weren't happy to see it rebooted with an all-female cast. Um, I know we've talked about that on the show. I think we debated whether we thought this cast was that great when it was announced, but um, I've always been sort of cautiously optimistic. The trailers haven't done anything for us, though, so, so we were all kind of down on this movie in a way. What what were your thoughts going into it? And and how did you how did you feel those feelings were affected by the the hype and controversy surrounding the, the nature of this movie?
1: Uh, my dislike of it was solely based on the trailer and not because I'm a, a sexist human being, right? So, yeah that's a good call. Right. <laughs> that's a good call. Yeah. So I, I think we have to make that distinction that our our dismay about the trailer had nothing to do with it being cast as women or anything like that. But at the heart of it i just thought the trailer was bad <laughs> really it was terrible in fact
0: yeah you're right I think we had this sense of disbelief because it seems like, if anything, they can at least make a trailer for a film these days. And the fact that they weren't able to scrape together a right. trailer that looked funnier or or scarier or just more interesting than that, you're right. It was like really good cause for concern. We were actually saying that before the movie last night, Ronald. We were talking about the haters and how there are some very logical reasons to have been skeptical about this yeah, movie absolutely. based on the marketing materials. But to act like you've already seen the movie because you've seen the marketing materials, I saw that several places online where people were saying... I have a pretty good track record of guessing what a movie's quality is going to be from the trailers. And it's like, yeah, but you still don't go online and write these screeds about a movie unless there's something else going on than just, you know, you don't think it looks good.
1: Right. I mean, this, this might be one of the only movies, I mean, one of the only years where every, I, I'd say the most of the movies in the top 10 grossing films of 2016, I actually think are of quality. All, pretty much all of them. So like I think that people invest in shitty things. In 2015, I feel like I didn't agree with all of the movies being grossing as much movie uh, as much mon- as much money as they did, but I don't know. I think this this deserves a chance at least before even I, I don't understand why people don't give it a chance. There's a there aren't very many movies of this type out right now. It doesn't have much competition. I feel like it it has the potential to do really well. So
2: yeah, it's almost like I kind of, I kind of feel like when I was like talking to people who, you know, were either hating on it or, or just in, you know just having conversations about the movie. It's almost like it falls into the camp of like people that hate remakes or reboots, people that hate women, uh, or people that just didn't respond to like the trailers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. But but sadly, there's also a lot of people that some of us know or, you know, that we've run into in other screenings, like where we overhear people talking about it when they see the poster, who, like, kind of fall into all three categories. Yes. Um, but it's like, you're either a purist, you know, sexist or a snob of, of some kind. And I, I don't know, like, I feel like, the like, I kind of agree with what Ronald said, and I think John even was the same, like... The only thing that like kind of bummed me out about it was never a remake. Was never the fact that four very funny, talented women were cast in the leads. It was always the fact that like none of the material that came out for this movie did anything to get me excited for like rebranding or relaunching or rebooting this franchise. And you know whether it was a trailer or clips or even some of the key art. I mean, it's kind of ironic that like some of these international markets where it hasn't opened or where it will not open. Like some of the trailers in international trailers were better than the domestic trailers. Yeah. And significantly. It's just kinda it, it's kinda weird, like if you if, you know, some people point out that there's so much focus on international markets now, like even with John mentioning the Warcraft film earlier, like it's almost like they know how to market these movies a little better overseas than they do here. And especially with a property like this that's like Ghostbusters eighty four is like a prize thing among many people i I obviously love that film, and I think we all do, but I don't ever think i've I, I've never at this whole timeline had like a knee jerk reaction to the fact that they were gonna remake it I don't know there's any i mean you know we've had that conversation many times like I don't know I can't think of a movie on top of my head that I'd be like, don't ever touch that fucking movie you know I'm sure there are some that I'd probably be a little more opposed to than others, but I don't know I just feel like it it's unfortunate that you know, that that idea of, first off, whether or not you agree with remakes is only heightened by the fact that you also are probably sexist. If you have a problem right. <laughs> with, like, somebody as funny as, like, you know, Kristen Wiig or Melissa McCarthy or Kate McKinnon and uh, Leslie Jones or anybody, like, that is cast against type. Like, even Chris Hemsworth, you know, being cast as, like, the receptionist in the film is just... I don't see that as a bad thing in any way. I see that I see that as like a fresh thing, as a smart thing, as a relevant thing. And that never once detracted me from this movie. It has always been just my concern with like how bad every look that we had at the film really was and it wasn't it was never anything that got me excited. So that was kind of where I came in it from.
0: Yeah, the marketing materials almost kind of gave you this impression that they didn't have anything to show, right. which is very strange. Right, right. Although seeing the movie, which we'll get into this in a minute, sure. but I do think um I do think maybe the movie's pleasures that it has to offer are not the kind of thing that is still down to little quick pull quotes and, and catchphrases and lines that you might use in a trailer. But other movies that have that tone have still marketed themselves better than than this one was. So yeah, it was definitely a I mean there's definitely a case to be made yeah there's a television writer named joanna robinson who um, wrote something on on twitter it was um maybe now is not the time to make your impassioned case against reboot and remake culture (laughs) right 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 (laughs) you know yeah she said hollywood will give you plenty more chances to decry remakes and to say oh my god why are they remaking all the things i love um but this uh, this moment it's like the optics are bad if right now you're standing up saying this is it i draw the line here i'm not going to watch this movie um, and that's what I was seeing a lot of. And granted, I'm a guy who, unfortunately, will read the comments. I'll read a news article, and then I'll go down and read the comments. And I've figured out which sites I go to are just hotbeds of, I mean, you've said it a couple times, Steve, uh, misogyny. Yeah. I mean, I used to sort of think that misogyny was like a masking term for uh, men who don't understand women or or men who have been rejected by women. But I've just had to confront the fact that some of these guys, are, they're in total denial about it but they hate women. And you can just see it seething from every word that they say.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: A person will start off and they'll say something about feminazis or the feminist agenda. And you're just like, oh my gosh, if you're that concerned about this one film, really, that is pointedly female. I mean, I don't know if if people outside of the kind of bubble of following you know, movie news or talking about these things a lot, I don't know if those people are aware. Do you think that there's like a general cultural consciousness that this movie had a lot of of, you know, again, we're prepared to say probably sexist people mad, but like, do you, do you think that was a general awareness of that? Or do you think that's only known to people like us who kind of watch the, the sort of conversation that's happening about a movie before it comes out?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I feel like, I don't, I don't know that there's a general awareness of, of how serious that problem is. Um, I think, I think you kind of, are right when I, I feel like it kind of gets masked more so with like just the idea of remaking or rebooting like something that's as prized as Ghostbusters but um I don't know I think the more you see it present in conversation like I don't I, I don't know like people that I know personally at work or friends like you know or Facebook friends or whatever it is like that know that we go to screenings earlier that we are able to see movies before they come out you know writing on like posts saying like let me know how it is i'm really worried about it i have a lot of concerns about it you know like i'm totally against this movie I, I it's been a while since i've like checked into a movie or saw like a bunch of people posting about a movie that like were saying that you know what i mean like where it wasn't just like a let me know how it is it was like a make it known that i i'm very worried about this or that i i don't think i'm going to like this you know, like there's like that subtlety there that's not so subtle to, to me, but like, it's just like, why, why, why are you worried? I mean, like, yeah, you're worried that, are you saying like you didn't like the trailers also, or like, what else, what is it really that worries you? Because I think it's so easy to mask that with just the great remake debate. And um, you're never going to win that battle in this world, in this landscape of movies anymore. So it's like, let's just move on. Like, are you just pissed because it's like Ghostbusters or are you pissed because of who's in the movie?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, what were your thoughts about that, Ronald? Did you think, "Oh my gosh, they're remaking Ghostbusters," or did you just think, "Oh, it's another remake," or what? Like, what were your thoughts
1: about this movie outside of the fact that we none of us thought it looked good from the trailers? Steve knows that I, I you, you, you as well know that I'm I'm always hesitant to kind of jump into the remake thing, but it's it's been over twenty years, man. Get the fuck over it. At this point, it's. So I have a rule: as long as it's past a decade, I'm good with it. Normally, <laughs> you know what I mean. I think that's fair. I think it's no. Re- I
0: kind of, I kind of know, yeah, know what you mean. we're so
1: far removed from it at that point culturally, and and let's let's be super honest, man. The original Ghostbusters was a very good movie, but it it didn't it wasn't super funny to me when I was a kid. It was it was very good though. It w- it was more of just the adventure that was great to me. And
0: I think we've talked about it on the show a couple times, just as a a rare example of like a genre mix that works. Like Ghostbusters hits those beats of being a little bit of a horror film, a little bit of a of a of a sci-fi kind of film, and then a character comedy first and foremost, sure. you know, right. and a showcase for these actors to do their thing. And so I, I know what you mean, Ronald. It's like it is a classic, and it is a great film, but it's not perfect. No film is perfect. No. And there's nothing There's nothing wrong with literally 30 years later, I think. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's like 32 it's years. 32 years later. Yeah. yeah, 32 years later. I think they're, they're safe in saying this can be just looked at with new eyes and kind of freshened up. So in that sense, yeah, I was never offended by the notion of a remake. I did have thoughts about what I wanted them to do. Um, I was glad they didn't trot out the remaining Ghostbusters to do a film that I don't think anyone really wanted to do. Well, maybe Dan Aykroyd did, but I don't think Bill Murray ever did. And then when Harold Ramis died, it was sort of the nail in the coffin of that. So I didn't know what direction they were going to take it in. I remember when they announced this movie and they announced this cast, we had a few conversations about just whether they should have gone with with these actors. Um, But, I mean, I think the movie itself is such a charming movie. I was thinking, do you think... Do you think one of those haters could go in and sit down and watch this film and be charmed by it or do you think that the power of their hate is too strong? Because I felt like <laughs> I felt like I, I I I even though I was going into it hoping it was good, even I kind of melted a little bit when the movie turned out to actually be fun. You know, when right. it turned out to actually be fun and funny and hit some of those tonal notes right from the start, the kind of let's give you a, a, a you know, sort of a horror setup. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. It was it it worked for me more quickly than I expected it to. So what what do you think that's possible? Do you think anyone could be charmed by this movie? Or do you think that it's just, if you're, if you're going in there hating women and you're going in there saying, I can't believe they're doing this, that you're just going to find reason after reason why it doesn't measure up.
2: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think unfortunately a lot of people, if they're they're pretty extreme on that quadrant or, or that section that we're talking about, I think they'll, they'll probably find a reason to hate it. I mean, I think there's also, I mean, but I mean, that that said, there, there's enough of a nod, there's enough appreciation or, you know, touches that, like, kind of, um, you know, kind of touch back to the original film that, you know, there's a little bit of service there to be paid to those people that are maybe looking for that. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you are like, just against remakes and you're like, oh, like, I think you could go in and be charmed by it. If you're just didn't like the material, like, kind of where we fell, like, I think you absolutely could be charmed by it and be a fan of it. Um, but I think if you're pretty extreme on like the idea that you're not going to like these women playing these characters that you're, you know, you're, you worship at, at some point. Um, yeah, that every moment is an agenda. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like becoming a. It's you're not going to win with those people, unfortunately. But I mean, I I really strongly think that like you know most people. I don't think that's the majority of people. It is absolutely absurd to me. I don't know if you guys have looked at this. I think John, you mentioned it like with I forget what website it was. I think it was for even for Ghostbusters, but like on IMDb, like the user rating for it is like four or four point one, and. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, granted, before the movie even came out to public. Like, you know, obviously they do screenings, so tons of people will review it and whatnot. But this movie has more ratings on IMDb than the top three or four movies at the box office last week combined on IMDb. Jesus. So it's, like, insane to me, the idea that people are going on IMDb and when voting and rating is open, like, literally just, like, tearing the movie apart. And mostly, honestly, like, people that haven't even seen the movie yet.
0: Right. How can they all be people that have seen the movie?
2: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's over 14 or 15,000 reviews on there right now. And I mean, granted, they screen this movie in multiple markets, but people that are going to see this movie at advanced screenings that wanted to go, that won tickets or that are pressed or whatever it is, you know, most people are reacting. I know the audience that I saw it with and we saw it just an hour between one another, they loved it. I mean, they were like laughing and eating it up. And they were like clapping at the end. They sat through the credits. I mean, An audience that will go see this movie, I think is gonna like this movie. So I don't see how those ratings on IMDB are in any way reflecting people that are actually seeing that movie. It's just crazy to me, like just just talking about that kind of perspective. Like when I looked at the IMDB, I mean it's already like certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes at like 75 or 76%, which I think surprises a lot of people that were worried about it. And I mean, having seen it, it doesn't surprise me anymore. But I just can't believe that it. it's got four stars on IMDb from almost fifteen thousand people, and that was like as of like you know this afternoon or something like that before it's even out for the public to see.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie does play with that. I wouldn't say it trolls oh, the it haters, oh, but yeah. it does have a few. It does have a. But I mean, it has. They're gentle gags. I would say they go easy in a way. There's a few moments where it seems like they're poking fun at something very directly, but I think a lot of the stuff that was right. in the movie. Like the fact that the sort of villain of the piece almost seems like a reference to the sort of person who would write a a screed (laughs) online about this movie. Um, I I feel like that had to have been conceived before this stuff happened. So maybe that was just going into the scripting process and the announcement of the film, and they knew that going into it. But it seems like the movie very much knew that it was kind of pushing those buttons. But I don't think that it's... It, it doesn't make that its mission but I'm sure that those moments that to me were funny in the film where it was kind of tweaking this controversy uh, I bet that those are the very things that are going to anger s- some of these people because I've seen indications of like coordinated efforts to sort of suggest that the critics who, who liked the film are, are being bought right, off by right, the studio right. and 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 like it's absurd because most of these reviews are not raves they're like it's kind of what we've said thus far it's funny it's charming it's a good movie I don't think anybody's saying it reinvented the wheel I don't think anybody's saying that it's everything that it possibly could have been even but but, so it's like it's weird to pick a positive to middling review and say this person had to be bought off and then when you say well look the review is not wholly positive and then they say yeah well that's because they're so good at it they want to make it look real and you just think like how far (laughs) down this imaginary rabbit hole are you going to go against these imaginary villains in your life. I think that's what we were saying Ronald is like don't create villains in your head, you know? Like don't Yeah, yeah. like don't make up these people that you that are out to get you or that you have to oppose and and then make that your life. But yes, that plus hatred I I think that there's overlap between these people and the people that um harass, like, video game, like, female video game bloggers, you know, and and that kind of thing online. And I think there's overlap between those people and then the kind of paranoid psychotics I saw that were suggesting that Batman versus Superman's poor reviews were all based on uh, Marvel paying off all the critics <laughs> to, to slag it I mean it's like these are paranoid yeah. people and the things that they like you were talking before Steve about the overlap that some people are all three of those things um, I think there is a lot of overlap between these there's like angry nerd culture out there and I have I feel totally separate from that. Like I used to sort of identify as kind of a movie geek or a, you know, a movie nerd. But I that anger in that culture is just so disgusting that I think. Well, maybe I'm not. I, I think what we are instead, and we know this already, is that we're cineasts. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. good old
1: cineast. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, <laughs> I'm making wrong with that. I'm
2: making us like badges and stickers and bumper stickers <laughs> right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, I I enjoyed the movie. I, t- I got to say this, man. I got to get this off my chest. I had a little problem with how exaggerated Leslie Jones' character was. That stuff's a little weird to me. I-, I point this out every time I see it. We've talked about this before, you and I, Ronald, about Anthony Mackie mm-hmm. in the Marvel films. And I was saying I
0: like him in those films. And you were saying that you feel like he's doing kind of a a stereotypical performance uh, in right. a way. And and I think that with Leslie Jones, it's it's that's just heightened because... She is doing an extremely by the, if you do the if you tick off the list very stereotypical character traits, but but she's also kind of conveying a lot of what her personal comedy style is in that role. Right. So I I wonder like how, how how do we judge that? Like who are we mad at? Are we mad at the actor for taking the role? No. It almost seems like the um the people that made this movie did it with such good intentions that you know they probably thought their asses were covered right. because of the fact that Leslie Jones is funny in the film and she's got a great part. Right and the fact that the role was originally written for Melissa McCarthy and that kind of thing. So I bet they were sitting there going, "No, we're not being racist. There's nothing racist about this. Let's just do this funny film." But from the outside, it's an odd time in our culture to be depicting a sort of limited portrayal of an African-American woman who actually at one point in the film says, "You guys know that science stuff? I can get us around New York City." Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's it felt like they should have known better than to put it in, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about that?
1: Uh, comedic like s- typical comedic beats for black actors really bother me like um so there's the there's a distinct oh hell no moment for a black character when something is overwhelming and the black person everybody sees it and then the black person sees it and they go oh hell no and then walk away or run away it's just things like that i see constantly and i get exhausted right on one level but then she's so good at just she has a good energy all of them have really good energy and and seeing that energy kind of bounce off of each other was really nice to watch. It did bother me the whole movie though and i I am concerned as a as a citizen of the world <laughs> and as a brown person that portrayals of people in movies are just fair you know what I mean I, ju- I just wanted to be fair like I everybody I know doesn't act like Leslie Jones and yet. Every movie that I see has a Leslie Jones like character in it reacting to everything. Everybody's like, their beats are normal. And then you have the black person kind of, ah, holy shit, oh hell. It's it gets it gets exhausting, man. You just want to see a movie that's that's fair. That's that's what it is. Like at the heart of it, I just want to see a movie that's fair in terms of portrayals of people. And I understand she's silly. I understand she is the bigger comic relief, but but uh, Kate McKinnon didn't act like that. I really do think it's
0: tricky, and I think it's unfortunate, and it feels like a real mistake. It feels like they should have known better because there's a very specific conversation going on about depictions of people in different professions. And, you know, a lot of times people pat themselves on the back for including... Uh, black characters, but they're like security guards or right. <laughs> felons <laughs> or, or whatever. And I kind of feel like, it, yeah, this was an opportunity to present her as a as, as different sort of character, and they didn't do it. You know, on paper, this is funny. The things she says are funny, but you're right. She got all those beats, all those exaggerated beats, all those hell no, get me out
1: of here type moments. Every time. It can be very bothersome, man. And it's something I've all, you know, I talk about it every time I notice it. And I, I just. I just want some fair fair portrayals of people in movies and people just can be regular people and everybody doesn't have a reaction like that when things happen to them. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. And I and I I'm always a little uncomfortable to mention stuff like that just because I don't want to kick up any dust, but it fucking always bothers me. And I I I wished that I would have seen a movie with just a cool character that happened to be black that it was funny and it's okay to just be funny i I can point to sources of things where people are of equal madness and craziness and it's not presented like that with everybody else and it's always like that with characters like that
0: in a lot of ways maybe what you're talking about is a funnier script where it didn't require those kind yes. of antics to make right, it right, funny right, right. might right, right, have right. been more in order. But even in the first Ghostbusters, which I think technically did have a a little bit sharper of a script somehow, I feel like Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis just have a knack for that that kind of pseudoscience dialogue, and they can deliver it probably better than anybody too. Um, but even in that script, uh, Winston, the character played by Ernie Hudson who was envisioned originally as a sort of a, a military expert, I think of some sort, like a fully trained guy who knew all this stuff uh, that that was pertinent to what they were trying to do, instead became a guy who was just happy to get a job walking in off the street. And that was like a rewrite that did that to his mm-hmm. character. So when he got the script or got offered the role, he, it was a beefier part. When he came in, it was, he's a guy who comes in and says, I'm just happy to have a job. So it, it seems like they would have known that and they would have said, let's correct that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not about the optics, and I I, I always fall on this line of just being practical. I, I would rather somebody, if you're racist, than just act racist rather than trying to act not racist, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. But, but at the same time, I'm surprised that these that these people who are working in the industry sometimes make these decisions that seem like they don't know how it looks
1: like that. They're not thinking about that. They don't, they Um, they don't know how it looks. And I think that there's something about that's strange to me. There's something about like, that's why this was so interesting to me because it combined two things, two minorities in this situation. Right. So like the women being put forward in movies is very rare especially in a comedy where women carry something that's not involving dating or anything like that. And then to have a black lead also in it. And how is this going to be tackled? And then at the end, you kind of realize that like, this is why we have a long way to go. (laughs) We have a long way to go, man. We have a long way to go in terms of just portrayals of people in movies. It's just fucking weird to me. It's like, I, I'm not even, like, hype. I'm, I do comedy for a living, man. I talk about stereotypes and shit like that all the time. And I don't mind laughing at it. But you get a little weirded out where, like, the opportunities don't come very often. And when they come, these are these are the portrayals. They're these one-dimensional, weird, loud, exaggerated versions of people. You just want a fair version of somebody. That's all. But... That the crazy part is, I loved her in the movie. No, she was great. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly conflicted about that with Leslie Jones in general. So I've heard this statement that feminism, kind of mainstream
0: feminism, is is for white women, sort of still. At it this is point very that, much like, so. That, like, there's, like, this thing of not bringing along uh, uh, women of color, and I think that—I mean, obviously, that just reminds me of all the progress that we've noticed in recent days and that needs to be made uh, as far as those issues in our—not just our country, but the world, but definitely our country is, is not as far along as I think a lot of people had kind of been hoping, and myself included in that group, so— um, so, in that sense, I think it's just, you got to be sensitive to these things. And yeah, it just, it doesn't look good. It happens to work in the film, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah. But we're still talking about a person who has a style. And if she were here, she might say, No, I loved the role. I had a great time. And it's like, Well, how can I, you know, how can I say, well, you shouldn't have taken that job, or you know, whatever? I don't know. It's 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 tricky. It's it makes me feel ugly inside too, Ronald. You were saying you just felt funny. Yeah, felt
1: funny. You, you gotta understand how weird it feels as a human being sometimes to just be in the world and you see something weird, and everybody's like, "I loved it," and you're like, "Man, this is not," and it isn't just limited to black people. Where I see women, Asians, um, gay characters kind of written as these one-dimensional, one-beat people, and it's unfortunate. Um, and Indian. Uh, it's 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 very unfortunate, and it's something that I pay constant attention to. Hey, Steve. Yo, you noticed Ronald didn't speak up for white guys just then, did he? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Yeah. So I, I'm I'm sorry if I went on like a weird rant about it, but this this I don't think you went on a rant. If if you ranted, I ranted this too. Played, <laughs> this played into the way that I thought about the movie, and um, it affected it a lot. So. Um, I can't. It's a demerit, yeah, for sure. a demerit. But um, look, this is this is a lot of progress, and I, I think that I I overall still love the movie. <laughs> Even after I said all this stuff, I still really like the movie, man.
2: Real quick, I I, I want to just say one thing. Like, I, I didn't participate in this conversation too much, but I think the I think a part of the problem, and I mean, like, if you trace this back to, like. You know what's being put on the screen is being decided by people that maybe just don't have a very open world view. Yeah, and yeah. I think people that are writing a movie, people that are directing it, and this is not talking negatively specific about Paul Feig or anybody specifically on this per, this this movie Ghostbusters. Katie Dippold, the but, other screenwriter. Yeah, C- yeah, Katie Dippold, who played the real estate agent in the movie that was selling oh, them right. the uh, like the, the the Chinese restaurant, but the um. I I don't know, like even even when this conversation comes up, even not with roles per se or how they portray a role, but like when this whole conversation comes up, like around award seasons and like who's represented and things like that, the problem is just the diversity is lacking at every level. So, you know, unfortunately, like I'm not like again, I feel like I need to clarify, I'm not saying this about the writers or directors of Ghostbusters, but I think a lot of people putting movies out in the Hollywood system do not have perspective on what all of the minorities that they're giving one side to are really like in the real world. And I think that's the problem. And I think that's the root of the problem. The way that Ronald is saying people are not being represented in a different way when the opportunity is there, unfortunately, is because I think that some people just don't have perspective on it. And it's sad, but I think it's true. And I think it's because everything's been done the same way for so long, and I know that trickles across a lot of different problems that are going on in this country and the world as a whole but like in the grand scheme you're talking about a Hollywood movie system that's pretty closed to begin with Right. and you know I just think it's sad and I agree with everything you guys have said but I, I, I also find it to be a very very gray area when you know like John's saying like you know you have somebody who Leslie Jones who might step up and say well no like that's how I played the character that's, that, that's how that's right. how I want you know whatever whatever it might be she may say that to defend the film or to defend a product or to defend a writer or a director but I think if you saw more diversity in the actual production of these movies and how these movies are made and put on the screen there may be better perspective on how a gay person or a person of color or a a woman or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, is portrayed in some of these roles. And some movies have done great things for that effort, but unfortunately most don't. And it's, and it is kind of sad that a movie, you know, where like, I think Rana was saying earlier is like dominated by women and a black woman in a lead role. You know, there was an opportunity there where, you know, Maybe something different happened, but unfortunately, it didn't. But I, I like, I agreed though, and, and as a whole, that I don't know that it made me dislike this movie though any any more than going into it thinking that I was going to hate this movie. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right, right,
0: right. Well, it, I think what you're saying about the the way it works on the higher levels that really rings true because I think that they might be in a writer's room, a lot of college-educated, very liberal-leaning white folks. Who are pretty sure they've got it covered. Exactly. But it doesn't matter how liberal you are and how smart you are. If you still, if you think you're going to express something about a black person in your film or your show, you, you still benefit from having an actual black person in the room Absolutely. or in the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. And it's like it's like it shouldn't happen because you say, well, we've got to find ourselves a black person. <laughs> it should happen because there are people working in production and people working in those levels who are just naturally part of that scene who are who are making those decisions. And I think that, you know, it's almost like we should, should, I've wanted for a while to figure out a way to do an episode where we talk about like race in Hollywood. I don't know if we want to talk about like the most racist (laughs) parts or something. I feel like there's got to be some way to get into this for a whole uh, a whole episode because I find it really interesting and I do think it's the kind of thing that for years people have thought oh the way to solve this is to kind of make these little subtle changes but for for God's sake don't talk about it right. but I think if you don't talk about it then really nothing changes right. and so I'm kind of glad Ronald you were apologizing I, I was hoping we would get to this and um, I'm glad that we can have this type of conversation and, and that you guys are not the type of people that I need to block in my Facebook yeah. oh, that's an awesome <laughs> development
1: What I realize about this movie and I don't know if you guys agree with this they're better than the script. They're jumping off the screen. That talent is jumping off the screen. The script, not so much. Like, I didn't feel like, I feel like it kind of fell apart in the third act. I know what it was. It didn't feel like it, w- it was, like, resolving itself in a way that felt fun or good or something. I get that they wanted to put some action scenes in. I enjoyed that. But when it came to resolving the issue, first act, second act, third act, the third act just shit the bed to me. But the movie, that's nuts, though, to say all of this stuff and still say the fuck. It was one of the best experiences I've had in a theater in terms of comedy, period, I've ever had in my life, which is weird. Because with all the criticisms I'm having about this, I still love the shit out of this movie.
0: I think you guys have heard me over the years. I've never been that big a fan of the decisions that Melissa McCarthy makes in terms of the movies that she does. I've always liked her. I liked her in Bridesmaids. I don't think I've seen her in much since then that I... uh that I liked her in or that I, mean, I don't, maybe I haven't watched that much, but I thought she was just great. And I thought, I always think Kristen Wiig is great. And she went through every one of her little comic tricks in that role. It was very funny. And then Kate McKinnon, who I don't know if people haven't been watching uh, Saturday night live at all in recent years, she would be a real discovery in this film. But I think she, she occupies that character in such a, in a strange and unique and and new way but it was it was often just what the scene needed was to have that kind of total oddball performance sitting there you know I I think I think she may she may be
2: <laughs> my favorite part of the movie I'm not sure I know I know her her scene when she pulls out the two handguns yeah like that that scene is probably my favorite scene great. in the movie um I love her uh in general and in this movie I thought she brought a really great touch to that character um
0: so we loved the cast we think the script was the kind of underserved them a little bit but they did so much with it they really did elevate that material i mean there were so many moments where absolutely. i was really marveling at just the i don't know i i can't, i feel like i now need to go back and watch um at least spy uh, to get my Melissa McCarthy fix. I thought she was just great.
2: I mean like I, there, there's there's nothing wrong like even like you know Ronald it doesn't sound bad to me to hear you have issues with the movie and still say that you really liked it and had fun watching it and I think that's really all this movie is like sure it's not perfect. it's not like amazing. it's also not bad at all and you know it's far from being bad. it's funny, it's silly. It's got some great scenes um, with you know the, the the cast that you will hopefully appreciate once you give this movie a chance and 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 see that uh, it's really funny and like John was saying like there's enough of those scenes where like you know it's kind of it's not scary per se to me or you know to somebody at at I guess my age or or how I take in movies but I mean I loved how the movie opened with that scene at that little mansion and. You know that tone immediately got me jumped into. Okay, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. With this movie, just just right off the right off the jump, and I mean, and it kind of never let go. I do agree with Ronald that I did feel like the last like 20 minutes or so, the movie kind of fell apart. It like just turned into ghost, 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 It and got too big. Like, it became no- a
0: CGI fest. Yeah. It,
2: it like it it just blew up in like the last 20 minutes. As soon as like the mayor <laughs> got involved and like you know it, you know but that's good though i mean like it was good to see that part coming because you know the scope of their hand is is kind of being revealed but like it just it just ramped up way too quick at the end like there's almost it's almost like it it took too long to get to it maybe or or something but once you actually get to it and and you see what's going on with Rowan and Kevin and and the mayor and his two guard, you know the two officers I don't that all just happened, like, way too quick. And, I mean, would be the only thing in the movie that I really feel like would, like, piss somebody off is, like, the last 20 minutes. But, I mean, yeah,
0: it's still yeah, kind of fun, though. Well, it, you're right. I feel like the first hour and a half plays, like, a fantastic pilot episode for a show about this version of the Ghostbusters. Exa- exactly. And then there's, a little, there's exactly. a little 30-minute Monster of the Week culmination that they have to deal with. And you're right. if It's slapdash. And and it, is, it doesn't play to the strengths of the actors, or Paul Feig as a director, frankly, to, to put that kind of action on the screen. Um, and I just feel like you have actresses like Melissa McCarthy and, and Kristen Wiig saying things like, um, uh, let's do this, and it's happening <laughs> yeah. and it felt like this is this is not their wheelhouse this is not this movie's strength right. i mean it reminded me of one of the lesser marvel films where the climax is just a bunch of pixels bouncing around on the screen but we're still saying go ahead yeah i think we all we all are encouraging people to find out about this uh, what they think for themselves about this it's movie absolutely
2: yeah I, I can't wait to hear more people talk about this movie i mean people that actually are going to see the movie so well, I, I can't wait to go see to it with
0: Henry. I think it's I think he's going to think it's hilarious, you know. And I think that uh he has no problem whatsoever. It's interesting to note, you know, if if anyone out there is wondering, um you have to teach a kid to be uh, a sexist or racist <laughs> or anything like that. So like a little kid like Henry thinks it's really cool that it's women, you know, because guess what? He he admires his mom. Uh and he thinks it's cool to see his, his mom's a scientist sort of. So I think that like it I think people really overestimate the lack of desire for a lot of people to admire female characters i think that's something this movie did for me that was actually i mean again it's kind of heartwarming i didn't pat myself on the back for liking it but i did feel like well this is kind of cool and i think we've probably all seen that picture of the little girl looking up at Kristen wigg at the um like a screening i guess maybe the premiere there's a little girl looking up at her signing an autograph and it says this is why we need female movies like the female ghostbusters and you see this little girl looking up at her like like the way you would look up at superman or something like that you know absolutely heroic character so that part of it i thought was really cool and i don't think that we're all the way there because of the kind of racial stuff we were talking about but as far as just a step forward um i think this is a nice funny movie that doesn't have an agenda except to be funny and it just so happens it's a lot of hilarious women uh making it work uh and i think you know, I think that's a thing. I encourage people to go seek that out. I do want them to to have enough of an opening that this type of movie gets gets made again. And I wouldn't mind if they got a sequel. I would actually like to see what the next chunk of story Me too. would
2: be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. In my book, uh, I'd be curious to see what more people say about it as as they see it. So, actually, I'm also looking forward to taking Erin to see it because she couldn't come to the oh. screening, but. She's kind of like on the same like boat of like the whole like th- wasn't affected at all by the trailers and like didn't understand like what was happening with why it looked so underwhelming, but I I actually think she's gonna like it a lot. I mean she's a fan of most of the women that are in those yeah. lead roles, so I'm curious. To see it has what the she potential
1: thinks. to blow our mind. It has the potential to kind of shock her at how great it is.
2: I I hope I hope so. Like I I kind of was like telling her about it last night when we- when I got home and I'm just like. I really kind of think you might love it. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think the last act is gonna bother her as much as it bothered me, like at all. And I don't know. I'm curious what she thinks because I mean that would be something really positive if because she like has no interest in seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like you're gonna you're gonna like it. Like I think you're gonna actually really like it. It is important to note though the one thing that I still do not like and think is the like probably the worst thing about this whole product. Is the fallout boy um, cover of the uh, feature of scene. Missy Elliott so bad um, Wow, wow, I, I don't understand like it really like that was probably the worst moments of the entire movie for me when I would hear that music kick in or like when they were playing during
0: the credits. like I don't understand that at all like it's so bad, it's such a poorly conceived thing it just, it's again it's horrible. It, it feels like another decision made outside of like. The present day it feels like you would have made you would have picked that song in like 2002 or something and it would have felt late then Yeah, <laughs> you know
2: yeah yeah like oh god
0: um i did want to mention a few things that you know just because we don't want to spoil uh things for people if you haven't if you haven't uh seen the movie you know just don't listen to the last few minutes here because i wanted to bring something up and just ask you guys what you thought of the cameos and the callbacks, uh, I felt like some of them worked, some of them didn't. I felt like if, if there were 10 huge callbacks, maybe they needed four of them or yeah. something. Um, but but what did you think of the cameos and how they were handled? And given that I think that Bill Murray at least has a reason to be in the film as a character, you could see why they would want to put that character in there. But many of them really felt kind of shoehorned. What did you think of that? And, and which ones worked for you? What was your favorite or least favorite?
1: All of them seemed a little shoehorned, Mm. except for Bill Murray's, honestly. Um, Yeah, because he was actually playing a character who who you could could see being part of the story. So I I get it, though. Uh, I get that it's like a... Bill Murray's obviously the best. I'd say the worst would probably be, to me, Ernie Hudson, I think. (laughs) I think Ernie Hudson was a weird one to me. So, I don't know.
2: I actually, my, my I think the best one was probably just the bust of Harold Ramis yes. in the background. <laughs> um, that's probably the best one, because that's like the, the tried and true right there. Um, Actually, the worst for me was definitely, <laughs> he's not even a Ghostbuster, but what the fuck was Ozzy Osbourne doing <laughs> in Ghostbusters?
0: Uh, you know what, Steve? You know what I honestly think that was? I think that was a shot that ended up getting cut out of Zoolander 2, that they just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just kind of لل- let them borrow it yeah they said do you have any like awkward cutaways of celebrities that uh, didn't work uh, that you weren't able to use and they said oh yeah we had about 3,000 that we shot that, we, that you know and only you know two thousand of them made it in. Um, no, I feel like that was kind of cute. I mean, Sigourney Weaver is in it. Annie Potts is in it. The whole, all the Ghostbusters themselves, including Harold Ramis, that got an audible awe from the audience. I like that. The whole audience saw the bust of Harold Ramis, and, and, and yeah, I, yeah,
2: that that was definitely a great, great nod.
0: I would I guess I would say as far as just callback I thought the Harold Ramis bust was great I think that as far as Bill Murray's performance I thought that character was fun and I think in the slightly looser less bombastic version of this movie that maybe doesn't have such a crazy third act maybe he could have been the antagonist of the film and it would have been all about him trying to disprove uh, that they're real and, and you know and and ending up getting embroiled in in their their shenanigans or something he wouldn't have had to have Taken over the movie, I'm just saying that character actually felt like he had a reason to be there. Um, But I, for me, if all
2: along if all along he was just debunking it so that he could like complete the whole bringing the ghosts back to take over the world thing. See, see, Steve, look at that, look at that. We just wrote the sequel, bro. What we did is
0: we just cut 20 minutes from the runtime and made Bill Murray more important. So they really needed to bring. (laughs) Boom,
2: you're welcome, Bill.
0: Um, I would say the one that 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 kind of didn't work for me as much just because it went on maybe two seconds too long I thought the Dan Aykroyd one I thought he actually did a yeah. good job he did a good job acting the lines he had you know but I felt like it was too wedged into the moment that it was and it was a conversation that had no reason to happen except for him to say I ain't afraid of no ghosts as he was driving away <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like you wouldn't have had the conversation with the cab driver who didn't pick you up you know what I mean in, in a normal movie yeah. if a cab driver doesn't pick you up you wave they honk and drive away you don't have them like a 30 second conversation with them. So it Especially felt like, in the
2: middle of a ghost yeah, invasion.
0: Right. It just felt like it was wedged in just to call attention <laughs> to itself and it didn't really work for me but I don't have anything against Dan Aykroyd popping up in films because he's not a bad no, actor no, but it's just it was kind of too cute um, and I felt like it didn't you could feel it kind of hit like a thud. I think that in the audience there was like a chuckle but it didn't seem like people were like overjoyed uh, to see that. Um, yeah. But um, one other thing I just wanted to mention I've heard so many people say that this movie's ghosts are scarier uh, than the ones in the original. I don't remember the original ghosts themselves being that scary, but I've discovered what it is for me. I think I don't think that ghosts that are illuminated from within are that scary. Uh, okay. And I realized that I thought these ghosts were beautifully designed, and, but I feel like something about a giant glowing thing that lights up the room. I'm not saying I wouldn't be freaked out if I saw that. I'm saying that the concept of a ghost to be scary, I like more the something lurking in the shadows or something that I can barely see. Um, and it made me think, do you think that they ever could have made a version of this movie that played like a real horror film in the scary parts? Mm. A modern horror film. And, and not a sort of funhouse horror film like this because uh, I think some part of me wanted to see that wanted to see them take it and like say let's make a movie that plays off of the tropes of modern horror films like imagine if the conjuring had these actresses
1: running around in it <laughs> they're kind of scare, I, I think if yeah if they kind of up the scariness of the ghosts I would I would I would have really enjoyed that I I mean I get the like, slime and all that stuff I love that I love that callback but yeah i would have kind of loved if they were a little more scary i mean i get it i get it that it's a funny movie and all that stuff but like i don't know i thought when the first beat that they had where the ghost kind of changed forms and spit out the the plasm the ectoplasm i thought that was kind of scary aaron jumped pretty hard uh beside me yeah it was like that part was that part, like what it turns into when it lunges forward
0: was actually kind of scary. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the people that hate the, this reboot, a lot of those guys will talk about how the original Ghostbusters was so scary or was so good. I feel like those people are delusional <laughs> if they act like it was actually a full-on horror film. Right.
2: Cool, guys. Well, definitely go ahead and check out Ghostbusters in theaters now, thanks to this point six episode. We got that thing on lock. hmm I'm happy. Um, But... Yeah, so we'll we'll have a couple more episodes coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Can we say what the 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 other special episode is, John? Or should I feel we like maybe at the
0: end of the catch up episode in the we'll can. say that.
2: Okay, well, psych. I'm not going to tell you guys. I'm not going to tell you.
0: Let's just say we're going to continue our theme of having a guest roughly every month. Ah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that'll be enough of a tease for now. We'll have another guest for another month.
0: I will even say this. I think possibly a few of our former coworkers listen to this show we but we're, be- we're going to have a guest on that might mean something to those former co-workers
2: that works that works
0: anyone that never worked with us uh th- that means nothing to them and i just wasted your, <laughs> your life absolutely <laughs> zero
2: but it's still you know it's still going to be a guest just means right. nothing to you um but he or she may after you hear them on the show so that's yeah. fun um but uh moviesmovie.com is a site we're on facebook we're on itunes we're on Google. Uh, we're on um, other audio things that are popular now, I think. Um, but mainly iTunes. And uh, that's the that's the big one that we need your love with, which is like the stars, the ratings, the shares, leave a review. Um, and, uh, yeah, it means a lot. But um, if you have any ideas for any upcoming shows, feel free to email us at movieshmovie at gmail.com and uh, we'll be talking to you soon with episode 167 uh dropping in a uh, uh, just a number of days here so thank you guys for listening and as always you've made our day Bye. take care too hot to handle
1: too cold to hold they called the ghost buses at the end control had a party for a bunch of children while all the wild sometime on